Yes! Mr. Lippman, last week I told you my civics class would be staging a trial. You promised us a student discipline case. I sent you one, remember? That larceny case. A freshman with an overdue library book. Well, you have to nip that sort of thing in the bud. We need something big. Well, the next time I get a murderer or a kidnapper, I'll send him to you. Very funny, Lipman. I'll have a few things to say at the next PTA meeting. On the Lord of Hibernick. On the Lord of Hibernick, Nick. On the Ricky Dicky while living number one Nickelodeon. Good morning, freshmen. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. Out, out, brief candle. <laughs> It's Chris. <laughs> this is episode 124. We're talking about Welcome Freshmen, The People versus Walter. <laughs> An episode nobody asked for, but we're talking about anyways. <laughs> oh, there's no there's no freshman heads? Oh, no. there's definitely freshman heads. You but probably... Not, be. <laughs> I, I'm Captain Freshman Head, and I was, I mean, a little disappointed to see you guys go season three. Because, as you know, mm-hmm. it breaks the show's, you know, formula. As a sketch comedy show. Yeah, it's a little bit different than season one and two. Um, But the bonus to season three is that there's actual summaries online to read about (laughs) what the episodes are. Ah, that makes sense. I mean, just to let you know, real freshman heads were like season one and two diehards. Yeah. Okay, we'll get back to it. Yeah, but but this is a fine episode. Um, I would say that after watching this one, I'm not like totally dissuaded. So. Okay. We could be about going back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. You weren't cat dogged. I wasn't cat dogged. No. I was I was space cased. Oh, mm. yeah. that's that yeah. is the opposite of cat dog. Yeah. yeah. Like you, I went. Yeah, you I'm go skeptical, now. and you're like, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could deal with this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's our first foray into Welcome Freshmen, uh, a show that I don't remember watching much when it was actually on TV. Do you? Yeah, me either. Okay. Do you have any impressions of it, though? Because I have one very strong impression. I definitely remember it being on in my house, but, but never watching any it. Any really. detail about it oh. that registered to you? Uh, not really. The theme song? Uh, <laughs> no, I wasn't that cool yet. I remember the, um, there's like a promo during Halloween where I think it's Mr. or one of the kids heads or something is in the locker. Um, that's the only thing I retained about this. Oh yeah. And wasn't one of the promos like welcome freshman written on the lockers. Yeah. 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 I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. But Lipman, the, the print, the vice principal, that's what stuck out in my head. Like oh, I remember yeah. that character, even not remembering anything about the show that much, but yeah. that character which well, I would agree. Yeah, he um he has a Mr. Belding type feel, but I do remember seeing Lipman and thinking he was like a little stranger. Oh, for stranger for sure. But yeah. I think yeah, I want to come back to this question: is is he good or not? Because I feel like that is the question on which the whole show turns. Mm. Is, is he it, good? Is he good mm. actor or just as a character, as an actor? Oh. Like okay, to me, like the whole thing thoughts. turns on that. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. I have some. I think I have some thoughts. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm I have an opinion, for sure. <laughs> uh, well, this episode, I think, aired Saturday, <laughs> Saturday January 16th, 1993. That's what I have in my notes. <laughs> uh, I mean, the dates for this show are just unreliable. But uh, I'm going to go with that one. Hell of um, a time to be alive. Hell of a time to be, like, sure. 15. 1993? Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, the, the kids who grew up with this show. Yeah, my sister would have been 14. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, you wish you were older during that time? Yeah, because 1994, I mean, I'm not going to get it. Okay. We, we all know my <laughs> Sure, <stick>. sure. <laughs> it's Whoa. just sticking. Why are <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's season three. Uh, so let's take a quick look at January of 1993. Uh, that month, uh, the postage stamp, a, cr- a commemorative postage stamp for Elvis Presley is <laughs> released. Ooh, yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> oh, yeah? yeah? You guys Elvis fans? Yeah, why not? Uh, I mean, I mean, why not? It seems like a weird answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't regularly put on Elvis to listen to him now. But, but I, a lot of people do. But I appreciate his but music. But you love music. Yeah. And you love music, uh, and yeah. I'm not an Elvis guy, and like, which is weird. Like, I mean, that's like he's like the Beatles, you know. Yeah, I'm no. a little fascinated with his whole thing, but he's not like the Beatles to me. Yeah, but he's <laughs> like the Beatles to 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 America to yeah. po- to the history of popular music in America. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, pretty, but yeah. no, no, I'm with you. Like, yeah. I don't go back to Elvis in that way, which yeah. is funny. I I know they're people who are like my dad plays in an elvis uh cover band yeah and <laughs> you should see the ladies go crazy when this old fake elvis comes and hits the stage it's incredible i think huh. i think the difference is that like there is still a generation alive right now that is cuckoo for elvis yeah but won't be for like 20 or 30 more years like there's like be dead yes i think once that generation is gone I think Elvis will always be like one of the best-selling sing- uh, solo artists, but people won't be like playing um, guitar hero to Elvis songs. They'll be, you know, but but Beatles I think will sustain no matter how many generations. Yeah, because they're good songwriters. They're not all like Elvis was like cool. There's so much about his look. Yeah, and his songs were catchy. But I I, w- I would love to do a whole podcast on. <laughs> Well, let's get past the postage stamp. Um, Also in January of 1993, David Letterman announces he's moving from NBC to CBS. A real baller move. Uh, Andrew's a a Letterman guy, right? Who's not Uh, a Letterman guy? I mean, I never really got into him. What? What? (laughs) I would have pegged you for him. Wow, me too. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, his uh, his comedy's kind of, like, up my alley. You also have a Uh, beard. I just never... (laughs) His anti-authoritarian stance, yeah, his refusal yeah. to promote I like, himself I like and his, his whole show. aesthetic, but uh, I think Conan was, like, the thing when we were kids, kind of. Yeah. Fair. It's just Fair. got right into that. Yeah. Sure. I'm, yeah, I'm more Conan. I'm not... Yeah. <laughs> Letterman, I, I, I respect, but, like, Conan's uh, just a million times better to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Martin Luther King uh, Jr. holiday is observed by all 50 states for the first time that month. Who's the last state? Man. Mississippi? Gotta be. Gotta be. <laughs> yeah. Mississippi or Alabama. Yeah. yeah. Arkansas. Uh, Bill Clinton is inaugurated the 42nd president that month. Uh, on the same day that Bill Clinton's inaugurated, Audrey Hepburn dies uh, oh. at the age of 63. Female Man. Elvis? Is she the female Elvis? People love the way she looks, but so. like it's, that's about it. Well, she has a very fascinating story. She, she I mean, I guess Elvis did too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But she's not like a musical performer. Yeah, she's an actress. Yeah, but she's a cultural figure that like everyone I bet would we could recognize. Come up with a better 
No. I bet we can't. Right. <laughs> anyway. uh, well, on the same day that uh, Clinton's inaugurated, uh, Maya Angelou also becomes the first African-American uh, woman and woman to recite a poem at inauguration of a president. Uh, she recites the poem On the Pulse of Morning for Bill Clinton. Ooh, I would not have guessed that. Mm. You like that one? Uh, you know what? I'm not an Angelou person. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've got a bone to pick about Tony Morrison, though. <laughs> But Did you really think Andrew and I were like sitting around reading Tony Morrison? No, but I would expect you to know that she's not a poet. That she's she wrote poems. She is. She is. I know. I knew she was not known as a poet. Yes. Okay. You know, I write poems too. You know. But she has like five books of poems. But she is also like without a doubt anyone who disagrees with this is insane and doesn't know anything about literature. At least in the top five most important authors of the 20th century. At, if she's not the most important, she's in the top five most important novelists of the 20th century. And that is not debatable. That is not debatable. It's like Dr. Seuss, R.L. Stein, Tony Morrison. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, let's, let's round that out with Hemingway and Faulkner. If, yeah. you, if you have to. Uh, uh, no. I noticed she's also from Ohio. Yeah, she's from Lorraine. Makes it very weird that I know nobody in Ohio seems to. I mean, let's get some how pride. did how did this not come up in school though? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a me. failure like, of our education. Weird. Well, her books are pretty intense. You know, Beloved mm. is her most famous, which is very good, which I recommend. But it's really intense. But if you guys are looking for a thrill, listeners, jazz. Her book, Jazz. No one hit, stylistically, it is the best book ever written, in my opinion. Just wow. in terms of like adopting a style to your subject. I know you got a book club set up for number one. Is that already right. That's dark? right, The Tale of the Restless House. <laughs> number two. People are already buying it. I know, I love <laughs> it. crazy. Number two, let's get Toni Morrison's Jazz going. We're not doing a book club <laughs> for Jazz. It's a Nickelodeon podcast. I am really interested in reading it after that impassioned... Uh... Oh my god, you're going to love it. Okay. You're going to love oh. it. Alright, well I'm five pages deep in The Restless House. So. <laughs> and? Uh, it's fine we'll see you I don't have five I don't pages want... in and you didn't have to keep going no it's been a busy week it's been a busy week um what else we got here scent of a woman is the big winner at the golden globes that month is that a de niro joint uh that's uh, a uh pacino yeah. joint same thing <laughs> uh andre the giant wwf wrestler dies uh that month of heart failure at the age of 49 um, the Super Bowl is played that month. The Cowboys, the Cowboys defeat the Bills, uh, fifty-two to seventeen. Troy Aikman's the MVP. Uh, fifty-two to seventeen. That is the most boring Super Bowl you can imagine. <laughs> That's pretty boring. Yeah. Uh, Dizzy Gillespie, uh, the blues trumpeter, uh, dies that month as, as well at the age of seventy-five. And Thurgood Marshall, the first African American Supreme Court justice, also dies that month at the age of eighty-four. Okay, give me a quick thoughts on marshall as a judge very good cool <laughs> i mean just what the court needed at that moment mm. late 1960s um hedging towards a kind of moderate liberal court marshall really solidifies that so is he is he, is he like the brown board uh he's the lawyer who actually represented brown brown <gasps> This is why we ask you. Yeah. Yeah. He So he argued the case in front of the Supreme Court. Kennedy was super impressed. Uh, not president when he argued it, but um, 
you know, the captain. But Kennedy was watching because he's an intellectual. Yeah, he knows he's, what's happening. He's a patriot. Yeah, yeah. So Kennedy Johnson, both big fans, I think, uh, at least of his legal work. Um, I That's mean, insight. You're ju- not going to get anything outside of AP government. <laughs> So that's a little bit about the events. Uh, TV in January of 1993, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman premieres. Uh, Star Trek Deep, Sp- <laughs> Deep Space Nine uh, also premieres that month. And WWF Monday Night Raw. It's wow. a big one. Uh, music, only number only one number one single that month. That would be I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Oh, boy. I mean, who could top it when that comes out? No, it was, Nobody, it was apparently. No- well, yeah, Little Nas X. <laughs> Little has oh, the tenth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's topped it technically. Okay, that Andrew. We need to make it clear. I played that song just so the listeners know. I played that song for Andrew oh, twice in that. the car, and I think maybe more than that. So he's listened to it. <laughs> just I guess I, I. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> you texted me. I guess it didn't make an. I guess it didn't make an impression, <laughs> which is a very good response. <laughs> Uh, other albums released that month, Neil Young releases Lucky 13, Barry Manilow releases a live album, and uh, Belly releases the album Star, which is what's a good one. Uh, movies that month, uh, Aladdin is number one the first week of uh, January, then A Few Good Men takes over. Jack Yeah. yeah. Tom Cruise? I'm, sure. <laughs> I'm more of a grumpy old man guy. Well, me too, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Uh, and then intru- we talked about this being the test of like a big movie. Aladdin then takes back over for three more weeks. Mm. Oof. Yeah. Power uh, move. Yeah. Other movies released that month: Leprechaun, uh, oh, Children yeah. of the C- Corn Two, oh. and one of my personal favorites, uh, Matt a mat- Matinee with uh, Matt- John Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say I'm familiar with that. It's a pretty strange one. Uh, and there's nothing for video games. Uh, so that's a little bit about January of 1993. Shall we talk the, the People versus the Walter? Let's, let's yeah. do it. Well, the episode starts out with Mr. Lipman hanging a portrait of himself in the hall while the janitor, McBroom, hooks up the lighting. <laughs> and if you haven't gotten a, a look at our art for this week's episode oh. by Brett Wilson, magnificent. <laughs> Chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. He's... He's it's probably on, better than this episode. Sorry to cut you off. I would say that about pretty much all of his. They're so good. If you guys haven't looked at that Rocco one from last week, that I mean, yeah, it is incredible. You Sorry. think? So I'm taking from your tone. You didn't like the People vs. Walter. Uh, I didn't. I wouldn't say I didn't like it, uh-huh. but I think the picture for this week is better than it. Okay. Like it I does enjoy help that picture maybe more than I think the picture helps it. The picture helps, sure. and we also all watched this a video that was so pixelated <laughs> that like I mean it is you know any any you know not to yeah Brett Wilson is the king, but I mean just like that put it in perspective like oh that's what this episode was supposed to look like <laughs> yeah 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 in HD uh, yeah. Like, in their head in the writer's heads like they're like this is what we're going for yeah yeah um as Lipman tries to hammer a nail into the wall he continually gets interrupted including by mr wright looking for a student discipline case for his civics class <laughs> distracted by mcbroom getting electrocuted among mcbroom's the janitor <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Get it? I, I yeah. mentioned it. 
Oh, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> hey, Mr. Lowell! It's a really cool picture. You get that taken at a carnival? Oh, dude, you made me do, you moron! Sorry, Mr. Lemon. Oh, sorry, sorry, you bet you'll be sorry when you spend the rest of your life in ninth grade. Distracted by McBroom getting electrocuted, <laughs> among other things, Lipman smashes his thumb and runs to his office for a bandage, and when he gets back, the portrait has been vandalized. Yeah, pretty severely. Yeah. The only one near the painting is Walter, and Lippman knows just what to do with him. That's when we go to yeah, cue that frickin' rockin' theme song. Oh yeah, I mean you called it on episode two, and I think maybe I was just so unaware of this show when we started this podcast that I just kind of like didn't know. But this this is a rockin' theme song. It is good. It is yeah, it is rock. So I think that. Some might say that it is stealing from Kids in the Hall. Definitely. Oh, yeah. But it's a better song. It's a cooler song. I don't know if it... I don't know about that. I, I don't like, know. Def- well, once I get to the, the, the palm muting, like... That's when I think they lose it. No, I love that part. That's the melody. Did you listen to them, like, right together? No, I'm not. Well, that's the problem. You did that? I did do that. You're not, you gonna, really you're not going to uh, get this kind of research from any other podcast. <laughs> I, that is 100% true. Uh, okay, okay. And, and, and you, you think Kids in the Hall is better? Oh, yeah. I mean, when you listen to them that close, you instantly <laughs> can hear it. So there's no question. Okay. okay. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll let the people... We'll sounds ask like a Twitter poll. Yeah, yeah, it sounds a like a Twitter poll. Twitter So the trial gets started with both sides headed by their student lawyers presenting their opening statements to Justice Aaron. Mr. Lippman is the first witness to take the stand, and he paints Walter as a crazed biker who smashed the vice principal's thumb. Well, it was a day like any other day. Students quietly making their way to class, greeting me respectfully, admiring my new portrait. In the hallway, cue ball. Walter, dear friend, please don't ride that in the halls. Don't tell me my business, Mr. Dorkman. Hey, where'd you get that taken? At a carnival? Actually, Walter, it's a painting meant for all to enjoy. Walter's lawyer, Manny, begins his line of questioning. But as he starts to uncover the truth, Lippman threatens him with toilet cleaning duty for the rest of the school year, and he backs down. Uh, Manny, I want to note, yeah, maybe, probably my favorite character. Yeah, very in this funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whoever this kid is, most very talented small. actor, I think. Yeah. yeah, very good on the show. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, Your Honor, Prosecution, Mr. Lippman, Freshman. Fresh women. Manning, get on with it. I'm sorry. A uh, quick observation. Lippman just really struck me. Um, his voice sounds a lot like Will Forte's. Oh. Oh. Huh. Well, not Will Forte's actual voice. Will Forte's like character <laughs> voice when he does a specific kind of character. Yeah, I guess so. But it's like definitely just in the same universe. I didn't think about that. That is 100% true. Yeah. 
And I hate when Will Forte does that voice. <laughs> once, once I like thought of that during the episode, it bothered me a little bit. Um, because it comes it's back to, so close. It, it's such an over the top performance by Vice Principal Elliot Littman yeah. that like is really hard for me to tell. I mean, I, you guys are still holding your cards. Like, I cannot tell whether it is too much or whether it. Oh, you just want to talk about it, Littman? I don't know. Yeah. Andrew, Andrew's uh, kind of in charge of the summary here. <laughs> I'm ready to get into it. Okay. I think I think if you're a kid watching this show, he's perfect. That's that was my thought. Yep. I think watching it as a thirty some yep. year old jaded person, uh, it's bothersome. That was my exact <laughs> thought. I'm like, okay, this this was memorable to me as a kid, so it must have been successful. I don't remember the show, but I remember this character. Mm-hmm. Um He must have felt like a very real adult, like this annoying yeah. guy who gets a say over your life in some yeah. way. He's a total jerk. I uh, I liked him yeah. in this. Even now. <laughs> I didn't dislike him. I just think he was probably more effective when I was a oh, little sure. kid. Yeah. You don't think he was like doing too much? Um, no. I never felt like it was so overboard that it was annoying me. That he wasn't but disrupting bet, the This guy who flow. plays Lippman, he's got to be off in real life. Oh, for sure. Do you guys look him up? <laughs> no, I know nothing about him. Yeah, his name um, is uh, something Speller. Tom Speller, I think. Oh, yeah. I think Michael he's, Speller. I think he's in the book's line. I feel like we might have talked about him before. Yeah. I think this was one of his few uh, acting credits. He was... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to look it up again, but he was in something also really well known around this time. I forgot what it was. Oh. Hmm. But like he had like a window of like... Yeah. 90, oh, yeah. 90, Passen- Passenger 57, maybe? That was one of them, but there was another one. Like, 1990, 1993, this guy had it. Oh, yeah, I did look him up. Do you want to hear it? Yep. Yeah, let's just hear him. He was in The Night Brings Charlie, Passenger 57, Nick Arcade. Oh. As, like, guest. Yeah. Yeah, as a guest. And he directed The New Kids on the Block at Disney MGM Studios' (laughs) Wildest Dreams. That's what I He directed it? Yeah. So we're not saying that he might be a pedophile. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) No, we're not. I'm not saying that. I know, that's what I said. We're not saying that. Yeah, we're not. (laughs) Well, so far we're on track. My first two notes are Lippman sounds like Will Forte and Manny is a good actor. (laughs) (laughs) Manny was a good actor was definitely one of the points that I wanted to get across. It seems like we all had that. I write, because I always know Andrew's going to be doing these synopsises, what I write has gotten less and less because I'm like, I'll just wing it. Yeah. But on this one, I actually made a note. (laughs) I was like, wow, this kid's good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't have many more notes. (laughs) So the next witness, Miss Eyesore. (laughs) Great name. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't like this. She's kind of a babe. Yeah. Whoa. Check it out. My third note. (laughs) Miss Eyesore is a bona fide hipster babe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. <laughs> all right, same page wow. on all these things. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're definitely painting her as like the blah art yeah. teacher, boring. If I'm hanging out with anyone there on that set, I'm hanging out with Isor though. Yeah, and she just wants to get paid. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> totally reasonable. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um, I don't so know why the principals pay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> I don't know why. So you're the... all your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why the principal is paying her. 
Yeah, that's a uh, the vice principal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because he commissioned the portrait. She painted. Oh it. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what she yeah. wanted paid for. Yeah. Good thing you're here. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so she establishes a motive, suggesting Walter has a grudge against Art after flunking his assignment. Mac, Mac, uh, McBroom? McBoots. McBroom's fantastical <laughs> account of swords and witches doesn't help matters. I, don't, uh, I didn't like these accounts. No, this, especially McBroom's, was the worst. You oh. liked them? Are you kidding me? You know that, like, I, it's all Macbeth. This is already oh, yeah, a Macbeth yeah. line. In the beginning, I didn't know where this episode was going to go, so I immediately knew it was Macbeth, and I'm like, oh, that's Banquo. That's Act 1 of Macbeth, which is my second favorite Shakespeare play. I love it. Behind. Uh, Hamlet. I know, which is a, like a lame thing to say is your favorite Shakespeare play. No, but, no. Uh, I'm excited for that Cohen's Hamlet. What? Or, no, it's Macbeth. It's Macbeth. Okay, that's even more. That, that still checks out. And that's more interesting. Hamlet is, like, you can't adapt Hamlet. <laughs> uh, but you liked this portion here of, like, purple lighting and fog? Oh, uh, this is before the purple lighting and fog. That's not until the middle of the episode. Uh, the first, no, that's what I'm talking about. No, the first... No, 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 the, at this uh, point... Well, this is McBroom's is the witch one. What was the first dream yeah. sequence? What was um, this is Lipman's? before the dream sequence? This is when McBroom says, uh, "It's a, it's a, it's from Banquo." He says, "Oh, at the beginning of the episode, like it comes says, up a couple times." He says, "Why do you start and seem to fear things that do sound fair?" Man, I couldn't make out like what he was saying <laughs> at all. Um. You know, Macbeth, McBroom, got that. Oh, well, he's a janitor. Yeah, that's also. But it's not the only episode he's on. Yeah, but he's Scottish, too. No, I don't think, it's not the only episode. No, it's not the only episode. But it makes sense if they were, they went on a Shakespeare kick because, do you you know what the episode after this is called? (laughs) No. The episode (laughs) after this is called, and this is not... You guys are think I'm going to be making it up, but it's called Othello the Sappho in per, or in parentheses more. So mm. Othello yeah. is a more, and yeah. it's like the whole thing about Othello. Someone on Welcome Freshman, some writer had just, just discovered discovered Shakespeare. <laughs> We've got Macbeth next episode. Othello the sophomore. Wow. So we got back to back. Getting very convoluted by the fourth episode of this series. There's there are many Shakespeare lines in this episode. Hmm. So would we call McBroom a, a mixture of Macbeth and Groundskeeper Willie? Mixed in with, I think, uh, he, he does this kind of, his perform- his initial performance when he comes out with the sword, I was also thinking that it was kind of a Braveheart, like before Braveheart. Yeah. <laughs> Mel Gibson saw this episode yeah. and... <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wouldn't put it past him. So, the paintings were in, they're having yeah, a court yeah. case. Sorry. So- <laughs> That's all pretty much it so far. <laughs> so mad that Manny isn't doing anything for his case, Walter takes him into the hall and beats Manny, him. Manny, what are you doing? <laughs> Defend me. Are you crazy? I'm not going to stay after school and clean toilets. <laughs> Your Honor, I'd like to have a meeting with my attorney in private. Motion granted. But please make it brief. Don't worry. This won't take long. Oh, hey, come on! Oh, what are you doing? It hurts, Walter. 
Welcome Freshman will return in a moment. Which is a weird <laughs> development. Uh, afterward, Aaron is re- has replaced Manny as Walter's counsel, and Manny is the new judge. Thank God, Aaron is a, a hell of a lawyer. Yeah, she's really yeah, good. Yeah, she is good. Uh, <laughs> Aaron calls for a recess, and she counsels Walter to change his plea to temporary insanity. But Walter doesn't want to lie, so Aaron decides to re-examine every aspect of the case. Walter, I've been thinking. What if we change your plea to temporary insanity? Huh? Well, we could argue that the three helpings of super sugar flakes you had for breakfast made you totally crazy, and that's why you vandalized the painting. Hey, that's a great idea. Except it would be a lie. Well, two helpings then. No, I mean, it would be a lie to say I'm guilty. Walter, what really happened that day? I don't know what happened. I mean, I was there and everything, but but I swear I didn't touch that painting. Okay, I believe you. Maybe we'd better start at the beginning. When they get back to court, Aaron quickly disproves Lipman's testimony by revealing that his own fingerprints were the only ones found on the hammer that smashed his thumb, and that the tracks found in the hallway were made by a skateboard, not a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. She, she suggests that what actually happened was that Walter dropped his unnumbered term paper. While he was trying to organize it, Miss Eyesore, having not been paid for her work on the portrait, sprayed the painting with blue paint. Shortly after, McBroom covered it in graffiti. But that's not all. She says that Mr. Wright was mad at Lippman for failing to provide him a student discipline case, and he punched the painting, breaking his hand on the wall behind it. (laughs) But that's still not all. (laughs) Having taken samples of the graffiti, Aaron suggests that nearly the entire student body was involved in defacing the portrait. I had the debris on the portrait chemically analyzed. The result... show dozens of foodstuffs which could not possibly have come from just one student's lunch. The entire student body of Hawthorne came by and pummeled the portrait with anything they could find. At that point, someone must have heard Mr. Lipman coming because they all dispersed, just as Walter finished picking up his term paper. He stood amazed at the transformed painting until Mr. Lipman returned. So you see, not only is my client innocent, but he's practically the only one who's innocent. The whole school? Why aren't you the popular one? You're fired! Oh, fine. If I stay at Hawthorne any longer, he could ruin my chances to get into a good college. Manny, dismiss the case. You're out of order! Oh, This whole time, Walter's picking up his essay that he dropped. Yeah. Because he's the implied dumb. Yeah, he's so stupid he didn't number it. (laughs) Yeah. And he was trying to... didn't notice what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he had headphones in, too. Oh, right. Yes, of course. So after the trial, Mr. Lippman puts up a new portrait behind a protective case, but McBroom still can't get the lights to work. Manny stomps past wearing a plumber's uniform... And the whole school approaches Lippman to apologize for what they did. Please, Mr. Lippman, we're here to apologize for what we did to your portrait. Uh, I'm not. Oh, that's right. Walter's not here to apologize, being innocent and all. Apology accepted. 
Now, as you can see, this picture is not... Oh, but, sir, I have to tap into the other circuit. It goes right through this wall. Well, get at it from the other side. As Lippman assures them that there's no chance of them doing anything to the new portrait, McBroom drills into it and sticks his head through the hole, destroying it <laughs> again. Perfectly executed, like, head through the wow, thing. Wow, it was perfect. And, yeah. like, the way that the painting folded over looked like a collar. Like, mm, really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a... I think it's just about as good as you could expect of a like a Nickelodeon court case type episode. Yeah, who needs, oh, who needs Shelby Wu when you've got Aaron on the case? Need I remind you of the Keenan <laughs> and Kel uh, <laughs> screw in the Painting of the screw? Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. It's better. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> what I said was it's about as it's good about, as you could... About. <laughs> Not quite. Um... Yeah. I mean, I, I thought the performances were pretty good from everybody. Uh, it had me chuckling a couple times. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. <laughs> sure. It was a no, fine episode. Yeah. It's, you know, graffiti painting. Who did it? Everybody thinks Walter. It was everybody else. Yeah, Perfect. there was a lot of good details to it. And the way yeah. it uh, played out was reasonable. I mean, yeah. it all made sense. Yeah. You guys found the Macbeth stuff distracting? Uh, no. <laughs> I, uh, I just found the uh, janitor himself a little distracting. Like, I almost couldn't pay attention to what else was going on because he was so uh, animated. It hmm. did seem weird. Like the, right, the episode did not need any of the Macbeth stuff because this, in no way does this parallel Macbeth like the over like if, it, if the overarching plot of it paralleled the overarching plot of Macbeth that would yeah. make sense but like Macbeth is guilty <laughs> and we even get this point so in that dream sequence at the end of the dream sequence um if you remember um Walter is is seeing a marker floating in front of the portrait and he's like is that a marker I see hmm this is at the end of the dream sequence after the witches oh. talk Okay. And which is like a clear allusion to Macbeth, who ends up killing Duncan, the king, imagines before he kills it, he imagines a dagger. So it's like this, like, is he really seeing this dagger? Is this a manifestation of his desire? Is this a manifestation of some outward sort of like plan that is being put upon him? So it's cool in that way. It's like a clear allusion to that. But Walter doesn't fit that archetype of Macbeth in literally any conceivable way. <laughs> he didn't. He's innocent, and Macbeth is the most guilty. Hmm. Well, there you have it. <laughs> I like it. It's interesting. Yeah. But I couldn't break it down like that. There's lots of there's some good Macbeth lines. In this. <laughs> well, shall we take a look at some of the stuff that went into yeah. this? Hi. This is bios trivia. Ratings and stray observations. So besides Mr. Lippman, uh, I took a look at Walter Patterson, who's played by Rick Galloway. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Miracle Child, Our Son the Matchmaker, and also Nick Arcade. Ah, uh, probably same episode as yeah, Lippman. Well, I didn't check, but you're probably <laughs> Seems right. Seems safe. Um, I also took a look at the bailiff in this episode, mm. only because she was one of the few people credited in the end credits. Wow. Like, and she did hardly anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
she was played by Danielle Meyer Henry, and he, her only credit I, on IMDb is Problem Child 2. It doesn't Besides even this include one? this episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, looking up these people. Love those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, looking up some of these people, it seems like, I don't know if they didn't want this on their page, <laughs> or if uh, this just didn't hit anyone's radar. Yeah. Uh, these people are like one-off kind of like actors that never seem to do anything else hmm. did you guys like walter i did yeah, yeah. i thought he was fine i don't know he's like a little too i don't know he's just not compelling to me for some reason my favorite walter joke though was uh his art project with the fruit, the no, empty, fruit in the bowl. He, he was supposed to try to paint the fruit in the bowl, and he forgot to paint. He just drew an empty bowl or yeah. painted an empty bowl. That's a very good joke. That was a good joke. Oh, I thought the joke was that he said he got hungry. Yeah, well, he ruined the joke. Wow. <laughs> the writer of the episode, which is also the person who wrote the joke, I understand that, but I like the conceit of I like the visual yeah. of the empty fruit bowl. That's funny. Do you want to know something about the guy who wrote the episode? Oh, I've got something about the guy who wrote the episode. Oh, wow. oh good. Yeah. Okay. Is that is that Rob Dinsmore? Oh, it is. <laughs> okay, well, you go first. No, I, mine should go second. Uh, well, mine's very short. This is the only credit he has on IMDb. Okay, well, that fits really well with mine. Perfect. Uh, is it? Can we do a brief segment of what would YouTube comments do? Let's do it. So, on the there's not the full episode is posted on YouTube, but like a ten minute segment of this episode uh, is uh, posted on this episode, and in, which includes the following comment: "Quote, nah, it was the best written episode, and not just because I wrote it. Ha 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 ha. Dash Rob Dinsmore. <laughs> oh my God. Account name Robert Dinsmore." <laughs> That's wow. That's amazing. Now, did you go down the rabbit hole and click on his profile? I did not. Oh, man. I would want to know. <laughs> Just following up on his work. I like it. Odds that, odds, that, odds that he listens to this episode? Hi. <laughs> if he found a, a ten-minute grainy clip on YouTube of this of this Welcome Freshman episode, and there's not a lot of Welcome Freshman stuff on YouTube, yeah. he's gonna be able to. Especially, can you tag the episode with Rob Dinsmore? I will this time. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I usually don't tag the writers, but, <laughs> but uh, it is a well-written episode. Yes, he for clearly was into Macbeth. Yeah, which I'm into. That's a lot more. That's a lot more thought than almost, besides like Pete and Pete, any other show we talk about. And I love that he he, he did like dash dash Rob Dinsmore when his uh, username <laughs> is Robert Dinsmore. Very and, good. And it would good. be a very select few people who would even know what he's talking about. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd yes. have to know Rob Dinsmore wrote the did episode. Did he have any uh, thumbs up? Uh, I don't like these follow up questions. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's love it, love it. <laughs> yeah. Was that what you texted us about saying or you're gonna blow our minds? No, actually, <laughs> that is mind blowing. Yeah, that's that's better than what I actually have. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, any trivia? Uh, no, I don't have anything. Trivia, Chris? Besides what you just? No, I guess that would count as trivia. But um, 
Okay, a little trivia. Uh, never mind, I don't have any trivia. <laughs> Uh, well, I guess my trivia is technically a Clickstein fact, so we'll do that. And, uh, these quotes are from Rick Galloway, who played Walter, uh, from the book Slimed. He says, Things were a little clicky on Welcome Freshman. Chris Lobin and Dave Rodden got along real well. Jill Setter and Jocelyn Steiner got along really well. Do you know who these people are? They're cast members. Okay. Other kids on the show. Okay. Yep. We don't get any of the good cast members on this episode. Must be said. Uh, yeah, it's pretty it's much strange. It's it's Lippman, Walter, and the teachers. Yeah, yeah the other cast members well, I think Manny. are good. Manny is a secondary. Okay. Well, he said they all got along really well, so that left me uh, kind of as the oddball of the group. Who's that? Uh, that's Walter. Oh, so I think like sense. in real life you didn't have a click. Right? He doesn't seem that cool. Hmm. Yeah, pretty for, cool. Well, in the, I mean, I think they do a fine job of portraying him that way. He's supposed to be cool, but I think the other main cast members that are in his grade like seem like legitimately kind of cool kids, which is one of the reasons I like the show. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. And he's supposed to be like the coolest of them all, but I think that he's kind of a goofball. <laughs> I can see that. Uh, he goes on to say, by season four, I had already asked Bob Mittenthal to AD, or at least a way I could find an understanding of production in which they put me through a battery of very fun jobs, kind of assisting people. I ended up, after Welcome Freshman, working at Nickelodeon as a PA and being involved in production, which I am now. I'm a lighting director. Uh, oh, so, cool. even on Welcome Freshman, which I totally appreciate. Like, he was interested in doing production and. Even yeah. though he's acting on the show, asked to... Also yeah. knew that, like, he probably wasn't going to make it as an actor. Yeah, possibly, so, yeah. I mean, he's and not what, a great actor. And what better training than yeah. on an actual show? That's what I would do if I were in his, his position. Yeah, sure. yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Stray observations? Sure. Uh, at the beginning of the episode, I just want to note that Mr. Lippman briefly breaks the fourth wall to say... Looks directly at that yeah. damn camera. <laughs> If you guys watch this show, you know that that's a regular uh, occurrence. Uh, so. well, well, we don't. <laughs> he tells us, the audience, that he's surrounded by idiots. Yeah. Boy, seems pretty harsh. <laughs> so they just Lipman breaks fourth wall, or everybody? They all do. Okay. Okay. Uh, what... So, so for, I guess, first of all, what does the graffiti on the portrait say? It says get okay get of me fatso mm-hmm. like spelled wrong yep and we both watched we all watched a very blurry version of this so it's hard to tell what's going on in the actual portrait so what what is he what who is speaking presumably in that uh, man. is it like he, an elephant or something he's on a horse oh, oh oh horse and then there's a cat next to him yeah oh. yeah and I only you only know I only know that he's on a horse because one of the witches mentioned it in the dream when, oh. when they like their last rhyme is about the portrait and it mentions that he's on a horse in the portrait. There's like two shots in the episode if you freeze it, you can kind of. I couldn't. Okay. I tried, <laughs> but I, maybe the wrong shots. Uh, what is Miss Eyesore's favorite color? Gold. Yep. That struck me as kind of weird. <laughs> Um, what grade is Walter in? Man, uh, eighth, ninth, ninth. He's a freshman. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Freaking idiot. And they, but but 
But they mentioned he should be in 10th grade. This yeah. is his mm. second time na- taking ninth. Oh, so yeah, again, course. if I have to tell you how Welcome Freshman works, season three is when all the freshmen from seasons one and two graduate to 10th grade, so they're sophomores now, except Walter is held back. No. Oh. So that's why we get the extra, you know, feature on, on, on Walter. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Um... As the camera first enters the courtroom, we hear Mr. Lippman saying something. Did you catch what he says? Mm-hmm. No. He's talking to <laughs> to his uh, lawyer, I guess. And he says, Perry Mason went on for years, but you can't expect to have that kind of career. <laughs> That's a very good That's line. That's a great <laughs> That's a great Dinsmore line. <laughs> Dinsmore got it. Uh, cool. Uh, what is McBoot's favorite color? McBroom? McBroom's favorite color. <laughs> plaid. Is that what he uh, says? I yeah. thought he said plaid. Yeah. You're yeah. right. I listened to it <laughs> no less than 15 times and I couldn't make it out. I wrote, does he say blad? Which makes but me... He... I know, I'm an idiot. I didn't realize. Plaid. Uh, plaid, yeah. Um, Mr. Lippman's first name? Elliot. Elliot. Yeah. Uh, Lippman's lawyer is this... They describe him as a kid from somewhere. Oh, a kid from a different school. Like, who's, like, at a better school. Yeah. What did Lippman keep threatening Manny with? What was the phrase? Latrine duty. Yep. <laughs> Which doesn't make any sense. There's no, there are no latrines <laughs> in high school. There is a Hawthorne. Uh, what day of the week is the court case taking place oh. on? Wow. Wednesday? Could have been Monday. It was Monday the 12th. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you catch Manny's reasoning for why Walter's taking uh, in the ninth grade a second time? So he could learn twice as much. Yep. yep. <laughs> That's a great lawyer. That is good. <laughs> Too bad he got threatened. Uh, how many different characters from Macbeth does <laughs> McBucket speak lines from three man mm-hmm. wow yep Banquo Macbeth <laughs> do you know that and one it, of the witches seem right uh, yeah yeah there's yeah. like a beginning middle and end yep uh let's see here um what part of McBroom's story is he unsure of after retelling it there's whether one, there was thunder whether there was thunder mm-hmm. uh <laughs> Did you catch the title of the Lipman paintings? No. <laughs> no. Wow. The yeah. first one was called Our Beloved Administrator. <laughs> That's really good. And the second one was called Our Beloved Administrator 2. <laughs> Even Great. better. Cool. Uh, my last one. Well, I got two more. This one's easy. How many witches? Three. Three. Yeah. Uh, what... Equation is Walter doing on the chalkboard? Ooh, that's a good one. It's three plus two. Oh, yeah. And his answer is four. Yeah, classic. <laughs> My last one is what TV show does Big Pete introduce during the end credits? Ooh, good. Uh, maybe we were watching it different. I didn't version get, of the episode. This was on the YouTube one. I didn't remember uh, it being on the Daily Motion one, but I thought maybe I just skipped past it. Uh, they do talk on the Daily Motion yeah, one, but, but it's, it's not Pete. It's like that regular narrator yeah. guy. Yes. Oh. Well, it's Flipper. No. Flipper. <laughs> oh boy. 
<laughs> Andrew <laughs> looks very distressed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in the classroom, we can spot a couple posters. I think this is the classroom when Walter is meeting with his lawyer. Did you catch any of the posters on the wall? No. Very hard to read. No. Very blurry. Uh, detention zone and follow the rules or else. Man. Yes. If I were a middle school teacher, I would definitely have those in my room. Detention zone? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so those are some stray observations. Uh, this is one of our rare episodes that has no rating on IMDb <laughs> and no rating on TV.com. So shall we uh, give it a Krep star rating out of five? Yeah. Um, I finally gave this one a two out of five. Dang! <laughs> you straight up hated I mean, this. I, I kept in mind that I had given most of the Ernst uh, trilogy a two and a half, and I thought this was kind of a step down from that. Okay. Um, but it wasn't the worst thing that I've seen yet. So, it, you know. I think this, but this might be. Oh, this is tied with Amanda Show and the Feminine Mesquite. Uh, you also gave this is two. Andrew's yeah. lowest possible score, uh, and he's got a plus two skew <laughs> on all his ratings. <laughs> Um, I thought it was kind of a mess. Like, I liked the story. I thought the writing was really good. Uh, I thought it just played out kind of sloppy. What's up, Dinsmore? But, and, you know, there was a lot of good stuff about it. I just uh, didn't think it was quite as good as a uh, good hey dude. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what statement that is. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm doing, like, kind of a rapid look right now through your ratings, and... I don't think you've ever given anything below a two. Of course he hasn't. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, we haven't had anything, anything below a two in his life. Than <laughs> <laughs> okay. right. What did you give it, Chris? This is. I'm gonna go two point seven five. I. You seem like you high. love this thing. <laughs> I like Welcome Freshman. I know that it can do better. Like, uh, now I regret saying that. Um... Oh, because you're a fan of the first two seasons. Yeah, because I like the first two seasons. I like the other characters more. I agree with Andrew that it was a mess, but it goes higher for me because I think there are a lot of great moments within it, despite it being a mess. Like, I love the Macbeth thing because, like, I love Shakespeare, but it didn't... It, like, had no role to play. It had no part in it. Um, and... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, th- I'm gonna stick with that. I want to go. I want to say three now, but I'm gonna stay two seven five. Jeez, do you think uh, episodes from the first and second seasons are gonna beat two point seven five? They and will that seems for like me. As high as Welcome Freshman could possibly <laughs> oh get. God. They will for me. They probably. They might not for you. It's a different show. It's a little more. It's a little headier. Uh, I see. Headier. <laughs> uh, well, I gave. I'm not changing my score. I gave this episode a four. Yeah. What? <laughs> that is insane. That's like a de- pretty good Pete and Pete. I know score. exactly what that is. That is a pretty good Pete and Pete. <laughs> yeah, that's my grounded for life score or whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I don't regret it. I really enjoyed watching it. I expected nothing from Welcome Freshman. I thought, okay, I'll watch more of it now. Um,. I thought I really enjoy like kind of that whole setup of a court drama, yeah. even if it's silly. The Macbeth thing didn't read for me at all because I wasn't looking for it or thinking of it, uh, so that didn't factor. Um, and I just 
yeah, like the whole premise of like a painting that mysteriously is vandalized. Um, so I, I think a lot of times you guys like hold it against like other ratings you've done for stuff where I, I don't necessarily always do that. Yeah. It's just like when I'm done, how do I feel? And I felt a four. You felt like, four. I, I, wow. I put That's it very quickly. Like when I was done watching, I'm like, no regrets about watching that. I'm going to watch it again. Wow. Yeah, I mean, for, for, the show, for the show, for the show, for the show. I'm not going to go home and watch it, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Did it remind you of American Vandal at all? That's what I kept thinking of, like. Yeah, like a little bit. Um, I mean, no, not a little bit, uh, <laughs> but I can see what you're saying. <laughs> I, I thought it was, I thought the main characters were quite similar. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, Walter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. But, uh, no, four, I liked it. Um... <laughs> crazy but uh you know what we didn't mention is the how the graffiti came back to bite mcbroom oh yeah like the graffiti said get get of me fatso and mm. then the um then how did he get caught in his mcbroom closet he had a oh yeah another, a sign <laughs> that he sign. spelled off as yeah. of yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's a yeah. good little detail yeah, yeah. Want to bump it? Three? <laughs> I do, but two, I want to stick with what came into my head. Okay, all right. Uh, well, I mean, I liked it. Like, it's a very, it's it's a very high two point seven five for me. Nice. I definitely liked it. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, let's name the episode. Um, in sticking with the Macbeth. Uh, theme in this episode i went with something lip something <laughs> lipman this way comes i had nice. a very uh, i had two and one was very similar <laughs> so the one that i'm not gonna say is something lipman this ep bums because uh, i didn't uh, like lipman <laughs> wait is that what you're going with no no, no, uh, no i'm just saying like it's commentary so uh, we had a very similar idea yeah. uh but i went with another Macbeth quote which was a tale told by an idiot. Mm. Oh. Good. Oh, these are deep. Uh, I went with Lippman's spitting image. Oh, yeah. Uh, so one more time. Something Lippman this way comes. A tale told by an idiot. And Lippman's spitting image. We'll post those. You can vote. Uh, before we uh, wrap up, uh, we do have a couple emails we've been putting off. Uh, putting off? Just dreading to what well, we've 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 just got a lot and it feels like overwhelming. So what we're gonna just put a we're just gonna you know yeah do a couple here yeah. So this first one's from Keith, uh, who I think's a first first Sounds time like writer. First time. Uh, the email is titled "Greetings from Cranford." Greetings from Cranford, New Jersey, Gut Buckets. Ooh. I love your podcast, and I especially enjoy your discussions on my favorite show of all time, The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Like many of you, this show completely defined my childhood and influenced my entire outlook on the world. In recent years, I briefly lived in South Orange, New Jersey, about a half mile from the original shooting locations, and I have moved and, and I have since moved into the town of Cranford, a mere ten minute walk from the season three house and other spots from the show. Psycho. I actually have to pass by Teddy's house a few times a week. I sometimes feel like I kind of accidentally ended up in Wellsville, which is just ideal if you ask me. 
At any rate, your Pete, your Pete the Summer Heat trilogy was so great. I always associate the summer with Pete and Pete. This is probably because I used to go to my local pool nearly every summer afternoon as a kid, and I always seemed to get home afterwards just as the show would be on TV. Splashdown, of course, makes these memories extra vivid. I mean, you could practically smell the chlorine and sunscreen in the air while watching this one. On, this one. Totally. Uh, if you guys ever make it down to Cranford and need a guide, just light the Artie yes. Beacon. Keep up the great work, Keith. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Thanks, Keith. Uh, happy to hear from you. Yeah, that's amazing. That's like, got to be surreal living uh, yes. in that area. <laughs> Growing up loving it. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. coming to it later. Yeah. Uh, this next one's from Marlena. She says she sends us our t- her top ten female Nick characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, number ten, Loopy, from Life of Life with Loopy. Okay, love it. Yeah, yeah. love Loopy. Yeah. Number nine, Reggie Rocket. Love it. Solid. On my list. Would it be on yours? No, I I hate all the rock powers though. Oh, okay. Oh, Eight, Rhonda Wellington Lloyd from Hey Arnold. I like Rhonda. I mean, not my favorite, but yeah. Shout out to her. Seven, Phoebe Heyerdahl from Hey Arnold. Like that Phoebe. Like Phoebe a lot. Number six, Debbie Thornberry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like Debbie, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Number five, Patty Mayonnaise. Oh, yeah. Well, top ten? Well, it's her list. (laughs) Sounds great, Marlena. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Number four, Ginger Foutley from As Told by Ginger. I like I like it just a little bit ginger. And um, I like ginger as a character. I've only watched one since we've started oh. the podcast and I actually was surprised by how fine it was. Yeah. Um number three, Judy Funny. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> number two, Angelica Pickles. Not on your list? Wouldn't be in my top ten thousand. That's true. And number one, Helga Pataki. Yeah. That's insane. What? Judy was such a strong number three. I mean, Hulk is a great character. Like, you might, uh, you know, she's abrasive or whatever, but, like, as a character, that's fine. I felt that way when this, about both Angelica and Helga when this podcast started, but watching so much of this stuff now, I definitely like them as characters a lot more than I did. I guess you guys are more mature than I am. (laughs) Yes, watching Rugrats. That's the joke. Yeah. That's the joke. Uh, she's got some close calls here too. Clarissa Darling. Gotta make Su- top ten. Uh, <laughs> Susie, Betty, and Charlotte from Rugrats. Oh, and, love, love Charlotte. And uh, June from Kablam and Eliza from Wild Thornberries. Definitely now in June. <laughs> and she has a Ferguson, Lila Sawyer from Hey Arnold. Who's Lila? The red-haired girl. Oh, that Arnold has a crush yeah. on. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. Helga's her number one. Yeah, she's pretty annoying. Lila. Yeah, you, but Oh, like, you like Lila? Of course, yeah. Huh. Because uh, I'm anti-Helga to the core. But it makes sense if she's a pro-Helga person, she wouldn't want Lila, yeah, yeah. Lila getting in the way. Well, good list. Yeah, not, thank you, Merlin. Not to break the Bechtel rule or anything. <clears throat> okay, so this one's from John, also known as Rainy Days. I'm familiar with this guy. Yeah. He's got, like, the avatar of, like, a cartoon version of himself. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> My uh, This email is titled, My Top Ten Favorite Girl Power. Hi, guys and gals. It's John from Washington State. 
My top 10 favorite girl power characters are as follows. Number 10, Lillian DeVille, because she was a big sister to Phil. I like that he went with the yeah. full, the, the yeah. formal title, Lillian. <laughs> that, that's, that's a sign of respect. Uh, big sister to Phil and always cared about him, like in the episode where they were split apart. She loving, even though I was thought the bug eating was gross. She was one of my favorites. <clears throat> Number nine, Phoebe Bluff. I liked her because beside having a school and town named after her, she cared about her friends and was concerned when Patty Manet's father lost his job. She didn't want her friend to move away. Yeah, Bibi yeah. was alright. Yeah. As far as the rich characters go, Bibi is as good as it gets, I think. Hmm. Okay. Number eight. <laughs> we should do our favorite rich characters. <laughs> that would be that would be a heck of a list. <clears throat> Number eight, Debbie Thornberry, because she, yes, she was Eliza's older sister, but she always had her sister's back when she got into danger. Yeah. True. Like no. Yeah. <laughs> Number seven, Clarissa Darling, because she yes had a cool bedroom, and was always fashionable, but not too preppy like Ferguson. She always talked about tough topics. And she had an open window policy for her friend Sam. And even though she hated her brother, she in one episode accurately told him that she loved him. Oh, nice. nice. Number six, Kyra Rockmore. From Keenan and Kel, she was a sister to Keenan that always got him and Kel into trouble, but she cared about oh, her brother. Kyra, yeah. Kyra, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like Kyra. Number five, Grandma Gertie from Hey Arnold. Mm-hmm. She's a kick... I'm just going to say butt here. Mm. Grandma, that was cool, and she cared for Arnold. Number four is going to blow your mind. Dottie from Wienerville. <laughs> <laughs> because she was a cool mayor who was, sn- who was smart and caring. That's okay, good. I can wow. get on board. I like somebody it's just strange up enough. For yeah, yeah just bringing Wienerville <laughs> into the conversation. <laughs> Number three, Amanda Bynes. <clears throat> she was just very creative with the skits. Uh, his favorite was the Block Bleasters. I don't know it. Oh, yeah, we watched it. Block Bleasters? That, that's the people who were... Oh, the yeah, big... yeah, Block yeah. Ble- yeah, 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 that yeah. was good. Yeah. Number two, Judy Funny. She was hip. She got her way. <clears throat> like in the family vacation episode when Doug said that there's a funny tombstone... And she's literally yelling at the top of her lungs, Stop the car! And they ran out to it and fell into her acting cry of tears. (laughs) And Doug said, She's nuts. (laughs) And my number one is Dee Dee Pickles. Because she was a feminist like Charlotte Pickles. But she always loved Dr. Lipschitz. (laughs) And even though Stu blew up something in the house... Or town, because of his inventions, she always stayed by his side. <laughs> that was nice. So that was awesome. That was from uh, Mr. Rainy Days himself. Nice. Yeah, solid list. Yeah. A few complaints, but <laughs> a lot to go. Uh, we'll do. Uh, should we do one more here? Sure. Okay. Uh, this one's from another John. Uh, John Nichols, and this is uh, titled. The Trouble with the Radio Calling Contest. Dear Ugg and Lee, not mean-spirited, just keeping with the theme, 
I've been a long-time listener and discovered your show about two years ago through your breakdown of The Treasure of Sarah Madre. Oh, that's an old school. Wow. That's I like episode that. Episode four. I like that episode. <laughs> if you couldn't tell by that, I am a huge Salute Your Shorts fan, and yes, I did buy the DVDs d- direct from Michael oh, Bauer, nice. a.k.a. Don Gillis himself. Yes. In case you're wondering, the quality of those is about as good as the quality you described, which is not good. <laughs> However, an autographed headshot of Donkey Lips made the purchase worthwhile. Absolutely. I would put that on my wall. Uh, This episode is one of the many memorable episodes from Salute Your Shorts. In fact, whenever someone asks an obscure question of, about around my brother and me, we often respond with the answer, Giorgio's Panio 2, which is uh, George Michael's real name. With that said, there was always a few holes I wondered about, even as a kid, that never made sense to me. One, why would all the campers try to indoctrinate Sponge on their various categories of expertise? Couldn't they just tell him the answer in real time? Uh, yeah, I think they were trying to, uh, like, put the pressure on him to give them stuff, to give them some of the money. Yeah. Maybe, uh, yeah. I mean, I get the complaint. Yeah. yeah. Two, why would Sponge have to stay up all night for the call? It seems like taking shifts with each camper would yeah. be far more effective. Yeah, that was very weird. Three, this is more obscure, but in the episode it would appear Sponge has access to the internet. If you recall in the episode Sponge's Night Out, the movie episode, uh, and probably the greatest Salute Your Shorts episode behind Zeke, the plot centers around them getting internet access to make calls outside of camp. If he's had it all along, seems like it would have been no big deal. Another tangent, Ugg kills... They didn't have Google back then. That's true. That's true. You can just type something into your com- on the internet in like five minutes. That's not how the internet worked in 1994. Like how you're saying it, like it's magic, but it's the case now for how it works. But you could no. just type that. I know, I know. No, you could. You're right. You're right. I'm just. You had to go to a specific website. Yeah, I think I think on this one of you, if he had the internet, he yeah. wouldn't have access to this. I'm with him on the other ones, but that yeah. one I'm out of. <laughs> Uh, he says another tangent. Ugg kills it in that episode from hitting uh, from hitting on the concession stand lady. I'll take the large diet, yes. please. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then him making the girl cry at the end. Just a classic Ugg episode. However, I still love the episode, uh, the radio calling contest, and I give it four out of five crep stars. Thanks for thanks and keep being the strongest podcasters in the world john aka white grape juice your number six itunes podcast raider ah yeah thanks john that's a cool nickname yeah yeah that's really cool that's uh oh a quick ps here ps i haven't purchased a nick's nick box but to support the show I have bought a Promise Hero album on iTunes. Whoa. Make sure Bobby gives you a cut of the proceeds. Nice. That's better than buying yeah. Nick Box. Yes, yeah, for sure. definitely. Yeah, we'll uh, text him. He's on oh, tour right now. Awesome. Yeah, he's on Shaky Graves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll text Bobby and uh, let Sweet. him know that uh, you're supporting him. It's very cool. Um, but I think that wraps up. Uh, what were we talking about? Uh, <laughs> welcome freshman. Welcome freshman. Yeah, yeah, welcome freshman. It was. Uh, I obviously enjoyed it a little bit more than you guys, but it was. It was good. It's quite a journey. <laughs> no, I just have a high bar for welcome freshman. Okay, I can't wait. To, yeah, uh, maybe next time you just pick out. Oh, it's technology. I know, but wow. you already talked about it at length on but Impossible. It's so weird. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'll find another one. I'll find another one. 
Uh, well, but what are we doing next week? Uh, next week we're talking another show we haven't really talked about very much, Roundhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be talking the episode called Sports. Uh, yeah, so uh, finally Roundhouse. Yeah. It's, Hopefully make be, some, oh, it's going to be good. Make some people happy. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, we're on Twitter at BOC Podcast. Uh, we're on Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. You can email us as all those uh, fine people did at orangecouchpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and you can find us on Podbean, iTunes. You can leave us a rating just like John did uh, two years ago. Thanks for being prompt, John. <laughs> uh, and uh, tell a friend. That's the easiest way to spread the word. Uh, and uh, Chris? Might you join us for Roundhouse? Uh, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. okay. Well, we'll see you guys next time down at the Roundhouse. Dizzy Gillespie, yeah. Dizzy Gillespie, yeah. Gillespie. Again, Dizzy Gillespie. 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 Dizzy Gillespie. Dizzy Gillespie. There's a special performance at Hawthorne High tonight by Shanice, and you can see it on SNCC. SNCC welcomes welcome freshmen, and welcome freshmen welcome Shanice. Tonight on SNCC.